Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're asking, was Patty the Bigfoot real? That's correct. Was Patty the Bigfoot real? Now, of course, we're talking about that Bigfoot that was uh, featured in the Patterson Gimlin film from back in 1967. Yes, the Patterson Gimlin film, it's a short motion picture that was captured in 1967 in Northern California. The filmmakers, Roger Patterson and Robert Bob Gimlin, both asserted that the footage depicted an unidentified subject commonly believed to be Bigfoot. Now, this area was located alongside Bluff Creek, a tributary of the Klamath River, and the film site is situated there about 25 logging mile roads northwest of Orleans, California, within Del Norte County on the Six Rivers National Forest. The site is approximately 38 miles south of Oregon and 18 miles east of the Pacific Ocean, so right along the coast. The exact area had eluded precise identification for decades because of the regrowth of the foliage in the streambed after the 1964 uh, flood that happened there. It was eventually rediscovered in 2011 and is positioned just south of a north-running segment of a creek informally known as the Bowling Alley. Now, Roger Patterson, who passed away in 1972 from cancer, consistently asserted the authenticity of the creature captured on film until the end of his life. His filmmaking partner, Robert Gimlin, has consistently denied any involvement in a hoax with Patterson. Gimlin refrained from public discussions on the subjects from the early 1970s until around 2005, with only three exceptions. Subsequently, he began participating in interviews and Bigfoot conferences. The film itself measures uh, 23.85 feet in length, preceded by a 76.15 feet of uh, horseback footage, comprising a total of 954 frames, so it's short running for 59 and a half seconds at 16 frames per second. And the event, if filmed at 18 feet per second, as suggested by Grover Krantz, would have lasted 53 seconds. The filmmakers claim the date of the recording to be October 20th, 1967, although some critics contend that it may have been shot earlier. Now, if you're really interested in visiting the site, I I will leave a link here at the Ko-Fi UFO warning site. This is from bluffcreekproject.blogspot.com, and you can uh, look at what they have to say about it. It says uh, the film site is in the middle of nowhere. It is all it is over an hour drive out of the nearest town of Orleans, California. If you decide to go to the site, first and foremost, please tell someone exactly where you are going. I always have a deadline for being home and an emergency plan. I tell a friend, if I don't call you by 10 p.m., get in your truck and come find me. The road getting down there isn't too bad, but can be rugged at times. 
I've had my Subaru Outback down there many times, but I wouldn't take anything smaller. Please travel in groups with multiple cars if available. That way you can get out if something on your vehicle breaks. Stay on marked roads and trails. If you go off trail wondering and you get hurt, you might die, explanation point. If someone knows where you are, then they can come find you. But if you wander off, you might not make it out of the forest. The area itself is very safe and suitable for families and kids. It's a perfect environment to teach them about outdoor safety. There is a stereotype that the hills are full of pot farms, meth labs, and drugged up crazy people. This is not true. It is very rare that you will, that you will cross a drug operation and the upper part of the creek has no pot growers on it. There are some by Fish Lake, but that is tens of miles away. Wow. Man, that just gives you an idea how much things have changed since 1967 that we would even be having a discussion about meth labs and pot farms, illegal pot farms, being in an area, a wilderness area, where these two gentlemen made this very famous Bigfoot film back in 1967. Um, it's got some pictures of the fellows here from uh, the Bluff Creek Project. Looks like some interesting stuff if you want to dive into this deeper. Uh, no matter how you slice it, these guys were in the middle of nowhere on horseback when they filmed this thing, whatever it was. It seems like an awful lot of work to go to for a hoax. But then again, what do I know? Now, I want to take a look at this next article real quick. Now, there's been a lot of debate about whether or not the film's authentic with a lot of people doing analysis on what we have. Of course, we don't have the original. But I just had, had spotted a, a YouTube video the other day where somebody was running this thing through different filters, like a red filter. Uh, really seemed like it sharpens the image and does some detail on it. There's all sorts of like that being done out there. You can look it up and, and kind of make up your own mind. But I found this article from dailymail.co.uk. It says, exclusive, is it Bigfoot or a man in a suit? Experts use AI and computer vision to determine if the famous 1967 Patterson-Gimlin film that claims to have captured the creature in California is real or a hoax in the latest proof of Is It Out There episode. This is one of those TV shows that was done on it. Pretty cool stuff. It says, legend has it a humanoid creature covered in fur inhabits the forested areas all on the west coast of the northern U.S., and although stories of this mythical monster have been told since the 1800s, no one has been able to prove its existence. The closest and most compelling evidence of Bigfoot was captured in 1967 when Bob Gimlin and Roger Patterson shot footage of a furry figure walking through Bluff Creek in Northern California. The grainy one-minute clip has sparked many investigations into its authenticity, and DailyMail.com received an early look of the History Channel's The Proof is Out There that dissects the famous film with the hopes of solving the mystery. Was the figure someone in a suit or really big? Then it goes on and says, The show has brought on a team of experts to use the latest and greatest technology for this mission, including artificial intelligence and computer vision algorithms. Talks a little bit about what they're doing with it. And, you know... They show how they kind of can steady the camera. Uh, the thing just looks so strange to me. The video known as a Patterson-Gimlin film was shot while the men were out on a quest to find the elusive beast. Both on horseback, the pair came around a bend and spotted a giant furry creature strutting along the riverbed. Its sloped head and torso were pushed forward, its upper back hunched, thigh muscles rippling, and long arms swinging at the side. That's what a lot of people have said, is how in the world can this thing be a man in a gorilla suit 
with uh, the fluidity of motion that this thing has. Patterson jumped off his spooked horse, grabbed his camera, and scrambled across the dusty ground toward the creature while waving the camera in one hand, hoping to capture some footage. The picture steadied as the creature turns to look over its right shoulder, as calm as can be, before disappearing in the forest. Dr. Jeff Meldrum, professor of anatomy and anthropology at Idaho State University, said during the show, we are here 50 years later because advances in technology have provided opportunities to consider the film in novel ways. Meldrum, along with computer scientists Isaac Tian and Bill Munns, who is a veteran Hollywood costume and special effects designer, used artificial intelligence, computer vision, and costume expertise to see details that have gone unnoticed for five decades. Although the original film was lost, the team were able to replicate it by making existing duplicates and making 22 different copies, each with a different variation. And then they used an AI program to integrate all the copies. Computer vision algorithms were applied to stabilize images, producing a final version that is much clearer to make out, as if Patterson had the camera standing on a tripod while shooting from the riverbed. Bob Hieronymus, a retired Pepsi bottler from Yakima, came forward years later after the footage was released, claiming he wore the costume used to make the quote-unquote fake video. However, Gimlin, who is still alive, refutes the claim and sticks to his story that it was Bigfoot he and Patterson saw in the woods 50 years ago. The proof is out there. Experts looked at the creature's foot in the film, and with the redesigned footage, they were able to see how the foot interacts with the ground while walking. There is a flexing in the middle of the foot, which is commonly seen in apes and not humans, and an upward turning of the toes that would be impossible to see if it was just a person in a costume. Definition is also seen in the calf muscles as the creature walks, which would not be seen in a man-made furry suit either. Such suits are typically made with a simple fabric that does not provide any definition of the body. They typically just hang on the person wearing it. Yeah, it does look so lifelike. The measurements of the potential Bigfoot work out to being at least seven foot tall and based on his proportions, the History Channel expects it to weigh about 700 to 800 pounds. Now, I will say there's been some work done after this that claims that this thing was only six foot three inches tall. Uh, you have to make up your own mind on that, I suppose. If the furry creature was nothing more than a man in a suit, Patterson and Gimlin would have needed to find a human that size to fill the costume, the team said in agreement. Focusing on the head and neck, the eyes of the creature look directly at the cameras as it strolls by. When it comes to costumes, any movement of the head, the fake fur will be skewed on one side or texture will change, Munz said in the episode. Even the muscles on the back of Bigfoot's neck look like those of an ape. I am struck as an, as an anatomist by the massive size of these trapezius muscles and their, and their intermediate attachments on the back of the skull. This is not a human configuration, Mildred said. Mildred compares the skull of the figure to that of an australopithecine, which is an extinct early human species that lived in East Africa about three million years ago, said Meldrum. He then says one could speculate that this species did not go extinct but expanded into Asia, crossing the Bering Strait and made its way down through North America to exist as Sasquatch. And they go on to talk a little bit later. I think that is kind of Meldrum's opinion. These are some sort of uh, species, humanoid species that we think is extinct but it's not. Uh, I don't really fall into that category. But what they're talking about here with this film 
and the reconstruction of it, how fluid uh, this creature is as it moves, you know, from frame to frame is really amazing. The article here also has a picture uh, of Patterson and Gimlin looking at these two large uh, footprints. It says, uh, the video known as the Patterson Gimlin film was shot while the men were on a quest to find the elusive beast. Left is Patterson and right is Gimlin while they look at ceramic cast they made of the footprints allegedly left behind by the creature in 1967. So, you know, a lot of evidence. It's uh, one of these things I think that people will never decide exactly what it is, but it uh, has some really compelling stuff with it. I want to look at one more article here before we close this out. This article here is from express.co.uk. It talks a little bit more about the analysis of this film. And like I said, people have been doing some work with this online. You can tell uh, some of the great detail on it is a filter, the, the uh, copy that we do have available on the internet with different color filters to bring out more details and contrast in the saying. Seems stranger and stranger to me the more you get into it. Now, this title says Bigfoot Mystery Deepens his famous 1967 videos of Sasquatch scanned with revolutionary tech. The mystery of Bigfoot has deepened after a team of researchers featured on the History Channel's The Proof is Out There series decided to scan one of the most famous snaps of the mythical creature. This is written by Sebastian Ketley, dated December 6, 2021, so what, three years ago. It says, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti. These are some of the names given to a supposed species of giant ape-like creatures that are said to roam the wilderness according to popular folklore and myth. The Bigfoot inhabits a forest in North America and has been seen in parts of the U.S. and Canada since at least the 1800s. Bigfoot is frequently described as being muscular, covered in fur, and standing between six and nine feet tall. Some witness accounts claim the creature has a flat, human-like face, while others have described a more beastly monster with no visible neck and pungent odor that follows it around. Well, this thing's got a strange, almost cone-shaped head on it. You can see that. And it's weird how it has almost like a, a mask appearance to its beard. Clearly a female. It has mammary glands. And, um, yeah... Weird stuff. It says another p popular claim is that Bigfoot's eyes glow in the dark with an ominous red or yellow hue. The closest and most tantalizing piece of evidence supporting Bigfoot's existence is a grainy video clip captured by Bob Gimlin and Roger Patterson in 1967. The so-called Patterson-Gimlin film was shot in Bluff Creek, California and appears to show a large humanoid creature trudging through the forest. Yeah, the thing is just walking along there, man. To many cryptozoology fans, the video is the ultimate holy grail of paranormal evidence and proof that Bigfoot is real. Many more, however, believe the 59 and a half second long video is nothing more than an elaborate hoax, even if the video's authors always claim the footage was genuine. Well, we know there is controversy around this thing. Like they said, this fellow claimed that, you know, he was in the Bigfoot suit. Uh, Gimlin says no way. So, you know, how do we know? It's just their word. Mr. Patterson, who died of cancer in 1972, is said to have maintained right to the end that the creature on the film was real. So what is the deal? Was the Bigfoot caught by the duo the real deal? Or could it have been someone in a furry costume walking in front of a camera? This was the question posed to the 13th episode of the History Channel. Anyway, it goes on, it says, the episode, which is titled Bigfoot Revealed, brought together a panel of researchers who use the latest cutting-edge technology and artificial intelligence to analyze the creature's anatomy and movements. Like I said, the thing seems to, to me to be walking so fluidly, you know, from one frame to the next, 
when you look at those hands and feet, how they bend, I'm just, I just don't understand how they could have captured that in the ape costume. You know, back in 1967, the Patterson-Gimlin film was broken down frame by frame by a team of researchers, including Dr. Jeff Meldrum from the Idaho State University. He seems like a really cool guy to me. I mean, does a lot of research in this stuff. Even though I think we kind of fall on different ends of the spectrum of where these things come from, I like the fact that you've got somebody that, you know, that's uh, a smart guy like this, uh, a doctor at a university, really taking some of this stuff seriously. Dr. Meldrum is an expert in anthropology and anatomy who was joined by computer scientist Isaac Tien, zoologist Roxy Furman, and anthropologist Kathy Strain. goes on and says, According to Meldrum, this helped bring out subtle clues about the creature's movements, which he claimed were uncharacteristics of the way humans move. He said there are details that are very distinctive of the way in which this paddy creature walks. One of the characteristics that seemed to distinguish the Sasquatch foot from the human is the lack of an arch, a longitudinal arch, which is kind of a springboard creating a more stable platform in the human foot. Another major clue, he claimed, was the way the creature appeared to place its feet on the ground. He said the lead foot, where you can see this upward turning of the toes, the last part of the swing phase, just before the foot comes in contact with the substrate. Taking the other evidence into account, the expert determined the Bigfoot was most likely an animal and not a prankster in a suit. He added, I am struck as an anatomist by the, by the massive size of these trapezius muscles and their intermediate attachment to the back of the skull. This is not a human configuration at all, but something that is intermediate between human and a great ape. Of course, the 1967 footage has been subjected to intense scrutiny over the decades and many experts from zoologists to Hollywood special effects experts. Rick Baker, actor and special effects artist who created the Sasquatch character of Harry and Harry and the Hendersons was famously said that the Patterson-Gimlin Bigfoot looks as though it has been made from cheap fake fur. Well, there you go. There's your appeal to authority right there. One person's opinion. John Napier, the renowned primate expert, has meanwhile said Bigfoot is likely a real creature, but suggested the Patterson-Gimlin film was a hoax of some kind. That's fine, but he doesn't tell us why he, why he has that opinion. Now, it says he wrote in his, in his, big, in his book, Bigfoot, The Sasquatch and the Yeti and Myth and Reality, there is little doubt that the scientific evidence taken collectively points to a hoax of some kind. The creature shown in the film does not stand up well to functional analysis. This is a problem that I have when they take articles like this and they do a lot of good work in them. And then at the very end of the article, they uh, want to blast out some, some debunking stuff just to kind of throw it in there to kind of, you know, uh, spoil the pot a little bit, as you say. Overall, I just find this case to be fascinating. I mean, you have these two guys who say they were out there uh, in the deep remote part of this forest looking for Bigfoot. They happened to, uh, I guess, win the lottery of a lifetime when this thing stepped out in front of them. They caught it on film. You know, even though I think the film probably has uh, created a lot of income over the years, you still have to look at the integrity of the product. And what they're telling us is, is that, uh, you know, 45, 50 years later, they're running this thing through uh, uh, computer AI programs. And they're coming up with even more evidence that this thing looks like an actual creature uh, walking across the riverbed there, moving very uh, fluidly, uh, hands and feet, not like a human. The way it moves, not like a human, with these huge shoulder muscles as it just kind of passes through the area and gives this passing glance to the guy filming it. 
fascinating stuff. I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of it. But to me, Patty the Bigfoot is real. Until next time, UFO warning, over and out.